HVAC sales world, welcome to Between Two Furnaces. I'm your host, Luke Wyden. I'm with my esteemed colleague, Matt Big Cat Barbosa. How's it going, folks? And we've got a very, very special guest today that we're about to introduce. But first, let me get to our sponsors. Our sponsor today is the fellas over at EM Search Consulting in Chicago. They do website design, SEO, pay-per-click, everything digital for your HVAC world of marketing they can handle. Todd is your guy over at EM Search Consulting. You want to look him up? Special shout out to them. They do wonders in the digital landscape. EM Search Consulting are your guys. So Matt, we have our very special guest who we talked about in a couple previous episodes. His name is Greg Middleton. Greg, welcome to the show. Good morning, teammates. Thanks for having me here. No problem. We're excited to have you and tell your story. So Greg, let's start off a little introduction. How did you get in this business? When did you get in this business? Why did you get in this business? Oh my gosh, it was 16 <laughs> years ago and that means I'm in my 50th year when my dad dragged me off, brought me to the shop, had me making sheet metal. This was 50 years ago? 50 years ago. This month, Luke, as a matter of fact, yeah. Wow. I uh, obviously never looked back. I love it. It's a passion for me. It's come a long way. I've seen the advancements. That's my reward. And don't know when I'm going to stop, if I ever will. Well, that's good. That's exciting. So literally five decades ago, you started banging sheet metal around. What was the industry like back then? Obviously not the same technology, all that stuff. Even replacements were new, right? Yes. I'm the type that's very direct. I did it because that's what I was exposed to, and for years I wasn't too excited about it, and I found it to be quite boring, <laughs> but a good way to make a living. The advancements the industry's made. Yeah. It's exciting now. These last 25 years or so, I've seen it grow in leaps and bounds, uh, not just the products, uh, but the professionalism of the contractors, like Delcho, right. and the sales process itself, um, and how it's advanced and how effective it can be if you, if, you, if you had the right training. Right. So at what point did you get into sales? How long have you been in the sales role to some extent? 40 years. About 40. So 10 years, you're out banging sheet metal, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, being that young buck laborer most of the time, I had a little exposure with service. So I got some pretty good training as far as product and systems. My father was a genius. He was the lead installer. I take my hat off to him. I like the fact that nowadays there's so many choices for people. One of the choices I made early on was to leave install and service. And it was for two reasons. The first was my employer felt I spoke well and I got along well with people. It's a good start. Yeah. And he says, uh, why don't you consider sales? We'll get you some training. So that's what happened. Um, the second reason may be part of it, too. I don't think I was a very good installer. I think that maybe he <laughs> made that offer was to get me out of the field because I wasted a lot of metal and time. Probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll never know. To this day, I still don't know. But it's worked out for me. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. So full circle, Greg, will fill out all our viewers in. You started with your father who worked at a company called American Home Heating. Correct. Right. Full circle, one year ago, I purchased that company, right? 
That's correct. Crazy how this world works. So now Greg started there. What year was that? Oh, my gosh. How old was I when I was 16? You're talking the 70s? Yes. 70s. And yes. when would your father have started there? 1962. Wow. So pretty crazy story that evolved. And, you know, I went out and bought this company. I didn't know Greg's background. And before I know it, I'm seeing Greg's name on old service tickets and old install tickets from a long, long time ago. And seeing your father's name, too, which is pretty yes. wild because we yes. still had all the records from from the 60s and 70s when we bought the company. So full circle, it's pretty cool how that all evolved. I was stunned when I heard you <laughs> bought American Home Heating. I kept shaking my head and saying, I think I'm going to have some involvement in the future at the place I started at. It's great. I yeah, it. it's it's pretty pretty cool. So, so you've been doing sales for 40 years. You've obviously been to a lot of different seminars, trainings, this, that, the other thing. You've been doing this longer than most people out there that are training have even thought of it. So I know you've developed your kind of unique little process. Tell us a little bit about how that process you've come up with has evolved, how you've probably taken pieces from this guy, that guy, that training, this training, and put it all together. Tell us kind of the evolution of your process and how it's become so effective. Matt and I, Big Cat and I, know how effective it is because we see some of the tickets you sell and we've talked about the tickets, you know. Um, but tell us just the evolution of that process and how you got to that point you're at today. Beautiful. So in my early days, there was no process. There might have been a little involvement and training by the old Dale Carnegie School, but the buyer got wise. The buyer got educated. And I felt that we needed some kind of process, something to go by step by step, so that at least you're consistent and you have a chance to make a sale. My process comes from three or four different professional trainers. I won't use the names. Um, things that I liked that they did, that I remembered. There were some things, of course, I didn't like that they did and I got rid of them. And then my personal experiences, things I remembered over what I feel now is probably 17,000 in-home estimates. Wow. That worked for me. <laughs> that worked for me. And I consolidated all of that. And I might add that I've never stopped editing it. The more I see, the more I learn, the more I change that process and update it a little bit. So it's been with me all my life and, and, and what I do now is the result of many years of that. I believe that you cannot fly by the seat of your pants. I believe that's called relying on luck. And if you do that, I believe you're going to be looking for a different kind of job. Yeah, definitely following a strict process is imperative when it comes to sales in our industry. So break that down, Greg. Tell us how many steps of your process on, a, on general steps that you take and tell us a little bit about those. Eight. It's an eight-step sales approach. Correct. First step. First step, and it's part of some of the things I call the little things that are important to me. First step is always call your customer on the way, not just to be courteous. But you're looking for something that you can introduce when you get there. In other words, you know, I, I had a call not long ago right. where I got voicemail. And it was a little girl. It was a daughter. She said the cutest, sweetest things. And when I got to the home, 
I was able to bring that up and use that as a happy thing. I complimented how well-versed the daughter was, how sweet she sounded, and I said, Mrs. Smith, that just made my day. She made me feel great. I'm a firm believer that when you start a meeting, you should start with something positive, and your customer is positive. Moving on a little bit, and I won't dwell on the little things, but let's pick a couple. In my experience, half the customers in the world have a dog. I carry dog treats. Let me get this straight. So you're, you call that person on the way there. Mm-hmm. You get some kind of indication on that voicemail or the conversation you might have with, hey, yep, we're home. Come on over. You know, let's talk about this voicemail. Sure. So you got the voicemail. You immediately know they have a young daughter. And then you walk in there. You see Fido. You pull out a dog treat. Greg, you're five steps ahead of anybody. You know the daughter. You're friendly with the dog before you even say a word. Boss, let's back up just a hair, though, okay? <laughs> just a hair. You must ask permission before you give that treat. Amen. Many people are defensive of their dogs. Many dogs have a health situation. Yep. They're on a diet. You must ask permission. And if it's a Mr. and Mrs. standing there and the Mr. says that's fine, then you ask the Mrs. also. Ooh. Also. Interesting. Come on, this is 2019, okay? It is said that in the 60s, men made all the household decisions. I've researched that and I found out that nowadays, women make 80% of them. Do you think that is that the case in your house, Greg? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) She may be listening. (laughs) Connie, if you're listening out there, don't hold it against them. Right. So ask permission and we'll get off of that just by, let me summarize that little thing by saying or asking you, who is man's best friend? Who historically has always been man's best friend? The dog. The dog. Win the dog, win the man. And even if you don't give the treat, you've won the dog and you've won the man by offering it. I won't go any more on to the little things. I think we have X number of steps we want to get through today, but I'll summarize what I think about little things. And you both heard me say this before. Little things may not sell a job for you, but defy them and they'll definitely cost you a job. Don't underestimate the importance of the little things. Good point. Let's move on, if we may. Sure. People have a natural nervousness when you walk in the door. They don't know what to expect or what you're like. They don't know if this is going to take a half an hour or an hour. And you want to put them at ease. You want to break that tension. So one of the first things I'll do is called announce the expectations. And all that really means, and I'll role play this with Mr. Barbosa here, if that's okay. Big cat. Big cat. What up? (laughs) Thanks for having Deljo and myself out today. I'd like to give you a little idea of of what we're going to do here so that you know what to expect. I'm going to do a load calculation on your home, which is simply a process of making sure that your equipment is going to be sized properly because the majority of the time it hasn't been. I'm going to check your installation, get my measurements, assess what I see, let you know if there's anything about that installation I don't like, give you a reason for it and tell you what I want to do about it. And then I'd like to sit with you a little bit. Just let you tell me what's going on here, what you'd like to accomplish, how I can be a solution for you. And just in general, Big Cat, what's on your mind here? How can I help you? When we're done with all that, I'm going to prepare some proposals for you when I call them choices, three of them. Each of them will be a solution based on what the input you've given me. Because ultimately, when you buy from us, 
That's what you're paying me to do, is be a solution for you. And each of these will be that, one more so than the other, which is more of an investment amount, and so on and so forth. That way we can also fit your budget. When we're done with all this, I'm opening the door to any more questions you might have. Um, does that sound good to you? Greg sounds awesome. Good. Come on in. Very good. Thank you. And then I'm going to move on at that point and just say that during that sitting process, there's two things we need to do. We need to assess what Big Cat is like. We need to know what his sales profile is. We need to understand the customer. And I believe that's the most important thing during that sit and that questionnaire. Number two, I believe then that we have to assess the home and the system and the needs. Those are one and two in that order to me. And I don't believe you can go any further until you've done that. Right. So a couple subtleties there, big cat. Oh, yeah. What you would you pick up on? Well, first thing, I mean, you talk about the little things calling on the way. I think that's your first chance to get some insight on the personality type you're dealing with. You can, I mean, the way they answer the phone, if they have a voicemail, you know, you can really pick up on some clues on personality types just from that very first encounter on the phone. So I think that's when the fact-finding mission kind of starts. Good too. point. Good point. So, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but did you pick up on the phrase "when you buy from us"? I love it. Assuming not, yeah. not if you buy from us, but when. Yeah, create that, that expectation awesome. in their mind. So setting that agenda in what I think the biggest thing of that whole introduction that uh, setting the would you call it setting the agenda or setting the expectation? He's in control of the conversation, right? Huge. Yeah, can I comment on that really yeah. quickly, too? When you set the expectations, and Luke, you are right, you're in control. You need to stay there. The minute you get out of control, your odds drop on making a sale. Now, here's one of the things that can take you out of control. When the homeowner immediately says, follow me down to the basement, right. and I'll show you the equipment. Or it's over here in the closet. Oh, the air conditioner's on the roof. Let's, let's go back here, and I will show you how to get up there. No. So you're straight to the table guy. Straight to the table guy. Boom. Okay. Otherwise, who's in control? That's right. He's leading you around. He or she. What's your graceful way in that moment when they're AC's in the back? Here's how you go. How do you usually redirect that? You have that, your bag strapped over your shoulder, I assume, when it's heavy, when you have all those tools in there. And when I run into that, I'll say something like, Mr. Barbosa, would you mind if I just set this bag down for a second over here? by the table. Let me get what I need to get. And that'll freeze them. And they'll say, yes, you can do that. But when I set it down, I set me down. Right. I set myself down. I'm not getting up. And I've got my little pad out and I've got my info and I'll say, Mr. Barbosa, I, I want to be effective for you. So I want to make sure that my notes are in order here and that I'm looking at the right things when you take me to where that furnace or air conditioner is. I want to know what it is I'm trying to accomplish so that I can be a better service to you. And I like to say, looking at the equipment, that's the easy part. I'll tell people that. Yeah. I need to get this, you know, get to talk to you and get to know what you're looking for first before we go do that. So that's a good point. Just plop down and don't move, right? Right. And I want to expound upon that. There's another time to sit too. And that's when you're making your presentation. You're going to summarize the three options first because summarization equals presentation. 
But you're not going to do that standing or walking around. You must sit. Right. Now, here's what I've run into many times. I've learned this the hard way. Luke, how often have you been ready to, to present, and you're at the table with the mister, but the missus is over there in the living room, and she's tending to a child or a dog or watching TV or on the laptop. You've run into it. Happens that, right? all the time. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead at that point. You're not going. That guy's not going to make that decision nope. with, without her. And it's her. vice versa. Yeah. If the missus is at the table and he's over there. Well, what are you something. doing, Greg, to get them to both there? Drop that bomb on us, Greg. Both tell good. us. Very good. This will cost you, though. All right. Uh, <laughs> at I'm, least, willing, I'm willing to pay. At least coffee. <laughs> of course, the first attempt you make is to say, Mrs. Barbosa, I know you're interested in this, and I don't want to seem like I'm excluding you. Would you mind joining us? Yeah. That'll work sometimes. Not all the time, especially if there's a baby or yep. a child around. So what you do then is you say, Mr. Barbosa, excuse me for one minute. And you pick up your iPad and your notes without permission. You walk over to the missus and you sit down in the nearest location and you say, I feel bad. I don't want to exclude you. So let me go over this with you. Mr. You can hear me, can't you? And guess what's going to happen? He's, He's going to come walk, right, he's gonna right over. over. He's going to come walking right over. He's going to sit down with you. Now you're part of the family. You must have all buying parties present. That's right. You must. Now, that's an old one. We've all heard that before. Right. And but it's amazing how many times we let that get by us because we feel like we can't get them together. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you oh, can. yeah. For you know? sure. Even going back to that first thing about sit when he's trying to get you to go look at something and take you out of your program. No, ain't going to happen. And you'll say what I said. Let me just drop this bag off here and right. just get my notes. And he'll still be walking to the basement door or the back stairs for the roof. And what you want to do, and I've done this before, and I learned this from an old associate whose name I won't use. You say, you know, hold on just a second. And you know, like, oh, this lower back of mine. I got to go over here and sit down for just a minute. Can you give me a minute? <laughs> Nobody's going to say no, suffer right. in pain and follow me. They're not going to do that. Any questions about that, fellas? Or should I just... No, that, get that makes total sense. That yeah, was, rolling. That was uh, golden there. Okay. You heard me say, and someone I've trained recently was horrible at this. You've heard me say, you got to summarize your options before you present them. Right. They need to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish for them. If they don't understand that, the options don't mean anything to them. And there's nothing wrong with even saying that. I'm going to summarize now. These are my three solutions for you. I remember you said that you have temperature differences from this area to the next. Is that correct, Mr. Barbosa? Yeah. And how important is that to you? Very. Very. Yeah. Okay. Important enough to where you'd want to make a little bit more of an investment out of it to resolve it. Yeah. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Very about good. That. Very good. And that leads me into option number one. This is what I consider a total solution for you. And as I mentioned earlier, all three of these are solutions or they wouldn't be on here. That's what you'd be paying me for when you purchase from Delgio. Move on with your summarizations of each leading up to an understanding of your presentation. And I think we all know what comes after that. You have to eliminate two of those. Options. So you've summarized all three. Mm -hmm. And then do you, 
help us understand how you go about eliminating and getting them involved in the elimination process. Very good. I'm going to pick on Big Cat again, if that's okay. Do it. I know he pick loves on. role playing. Pick on him. All right. So, Mr. Barbosa, um, <laughs> I think as we've gone through these, I think I remember you saying something about you wanted to make an improvement over what you had. Maybe not the most improvements with the best equipment, but you want it to be better than what you've had for these years. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Option number three here, it's the least expensive, but it won't do this, and it, I don't think it'll do that. I think we should get rid of this one. I guess you're just eliminating this off of our proposal and narrowing it down to two choices. Well, yes. Are you being um, Big Cat now, or are you being my customer? Just answer the question. Just we're role playing, big cap. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, it sounds like it sounds like option number three isn't satisfying. One of the concerns you have is that you want to have something not equivalent to what you have now, but something with a little more benefits. I think you're right. I option three is not gonna not gonna solve any of those problems. It's not gonna improve my situation. Right, then let's clarify, let's clear this, clean this up a little bit for you. Now I go into my iPad again and I go back to option three and I literally clear it. It's gone, gone baby. I come back to the proposal and only one and two are there. Why do I do something that dramatic? Because I don't want to look at it anymore. I'm trying to get down to one. Take it off the table. Take it off the table, you can't sell three options. You can only sell one. So now we're going to continue on and I'm going to jump all the way into the most expensive. You know, we've gotten rid of what won't improve for you based on what you've told me. But I'm just curious. We haven't talked about it, but option one here, it's it's the biggest investment for you. And as I've said before, I consider it a 100% solution. Do you think um, that you'd want to make that kind of investment and have the best there is and put all this behind you? What do you think, Mr. Barbosa? I got to hear you out. I mean, I got to see what the best is. I'm, I'm interested in it. Right. So, yeah. uh, and I'm going to streamline this now, Matt. Okay. And I go through it again. And when I'm done, I don't say a word. I will not talk, no matter what. Okay. I'm waiting for you to say something. You're going to say... That sounds good to me. Or you're going to say, well, yeah, I guess I'd like to do that. But the option in the middle, how does that really compare again? And that's what I'm going to say. Good question. Excellent question, Mr. Barbosa. This is going to keep a little money in your pocket. It's going to be 75% of a solution. And it's really where most of my customers end up buying. You said you weren't sure how long you were going to stay here. Is that correct? Yeah, not not exactly sure. At least I'm not going anywhere in the next five years or so. So, okay. yeah. Okay. You think you'd be here 10, 15? I think I might be here at least 10. Okay. I could see myself being here 10. When we talk about return on investment, what we're talking about is we sell a product here that can pay itself off. Cars won't do that. Refrigerators won't do that. Option number one can do that quickly, but I think you got to be here at least 10 years. Are you pretty certain you'd be here at least 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Almost sounds to me like you might be leaning toward option number one, recognizing you'll get that money back. Um, that option two at 75% maybe isn't really what you want to do. How's your budget? Do you need to keep some money in your pocket yet make a 75% improvement, Mr. Barbosa? I, money's not really the concern, and I really don't want to half-ass the solution, so 
Right. Here's what I think you want me to do. Can I show you this? Yes, and now is when I spin it around and I bring up option number two and I clear it. It's gone. And I bring the proposal back up with option number one. Now, he cannot say, can I look at that again? We're on option number one now. Okay. And so now it's time to do what, fellas? Close. 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 How many types of closes are out there? There's many. There's millions. Millions. <laughs> There's a trillion out there. What was the first original close? Jesus, you Come on, close it. <laughs> You've been around longer than me. You tell me. The original close was, and it goes back to Dale Carnegie, fellas. Can I write this up for you? Can I write this up for you? It's called Asking for the Job. Asking for the Job. Now, it's my least favorite. Yeah. I believe it's the least effective, but any close is better than no close. That's right. That's right. You got to ask for the business. You got to get started there. Do you know how many guys are out there, and women, sorry, that don't even even ask? They don't even ask. Don't get to it. Or they beat around the bush so long that the buyer gets impatient and stands up and says, well, thanks for coming out. Thanks for for showing up. Close. When you're done with your job, close. Any kind of close. Now, I have six or seven that are my favorites. I'm wondering if you're going to ask me to share them with you. Um, Let's hear one. I hate giving these away. What's the hardest thing for a buyer to do? Say yes. Say yes. Why is that? Because no is is more common. Yes. I think fear is the reason. Yeah, and come on, people. None of us want to feel like we were sold. Right. To some people, saying the word yes can make them choke. So, why make them say it? My favorite close when I feel it's time to close is simply, Mr. Barbosa, to turn this iPad toward you and say, well, looks like it's option one, and I think that's a brilliant decision. And now my close is simply this. Handshake. See how quickly you shook my hand? Yeah, you reach across. against human nature to refuse a handshake. Nobody's going to refuse it. Who refuses a handshake? Nobody. But once you make that handshake, what did he just say? That's right. That's right. He just bought something. So you don't even even say yes. You don't even make him say yes, I want this one. Why make him say yes? It's hard to say yes. I just bought a car and I said yes, and and I had trouble getting the word out of my mouth. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, but you're right. Like, and I, I think there is in in human nature, it's our instinct to say no. Correct. Right. So, like, when I call someone, Greg, off topic, I'll say, "Did I catch you at a bad time? Get that? Yes. Yes. Who says yes? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You caught me at a bad time. Nobody. Nobody. Rarely. Rarely. So. To the point, getting people to say yes is even more difficult. So a different way to go about that is huge. Right. It's my favorite close. It's called a handshake close. When you study it as I have, it's also personal. You've also become a friend. I mean, what's a handshake? You're making a friend. Okay. And that friend did not have to say yes, but he did by shaking your hand. Now get out of here with this. The last thing you want to do, the very last thing to make sure is post-close. Mr. Barbosa. I like the way you think. That's the selection I would have made if this were my house. I assure you of that. I admire how you do business. And I'm going to excuse myself now so I can get this in, get it called into install. Get out of the house. Post-close by complimenting them and making them feel it was a genius decision. But get the hell out of there as soon as you can, because what's the only thing that can happen 
after that. They can change your mind. That's right. <laughs> you already have what you want. So the only, there's actions, reactions to every action. The only thing else that can happen at that point would be negative. Get out. Give that congratulations and that praise and that post-close as you're walking toward the door. Right. Get out. Get out. Get, Get out. out. Awesome. Well, Greg, that was amazing. There was a lot of great nuggets there. We're going to have Greg back because he's got obviously another 49 years of experience he wants to share with us. That was just the tip of the iceberg, right, Matt? So, Greg, appreciate your time. We're definitely going to have you back because you got a lot more to elaborate on. We're cutting it short here on you because I know you like to talk. But, uh, <laughs> Matt, any nuggets that you want to point out? Just from that, there was there were so many. There were so many. You know what? The thing that stuck with me the most was just solution oriented mm-hmm. to a fault throughout the whole process. I like solution that. oriented. Control the process. Narrow it down. Get to the point. Get out. That's right. All right, people. Thanks for tuning in here. We uh, enjoy everyone's listening and questions or emailing us. If you do have any questions, you can hit us up at between two furnaces at gmail.com. That's between TWO furnaces at gmail.com. Send your questions, comments, concerns. Greg will be back again. Um, in the near future, we've got a lot to pick out of his brain. Probably the most if not the most experienced HVAC salesperson in the country, one of the most. I'm sure there's a few other old dogs out there, but Greg, thank you again for your time. Signing off. Been an honor, fellas. Happy selling.